Welcome to BS with M. That stands for bite size, not bullshit. This is a research-based sex and relationships podcast delivered to you in bite-sized episodes under 15 minutes so you can pick up what I'm putting down. This is not your standard dating podcast. I'm bringing in experts from the field and getting down and dirty into all the topics on sex and relationships in a no BS way, which is just my style. Releasing every Thursday so I can send you off feeling some type of way for the weekend. Nothing's taboo, nothing's off limits. Let's get down to business. Let's talk about what's happening in the news in Australia at the moment. At the moment, there's a debate around a private member's bill by Liberal Senator Claire Chandler, which seeks to ban trans women from participating in women's sport by refusing to recognize them as women. This recommendation is coming to surface at the same time the International Olympic Committee and FINA are in the limelight due to questioning of their framework, their fairness, and their non-discrimination around gender identity and sex variations in sport. I feel like I need to take a pause because it's kind of funny. I know Americans say sports, and I remember when I first heard Aussies say sport instead of sports, I couldn't not get distracted, and I'm very aware that I'm switching between the two. It's a bit twisted, don't let me distract you, but if you need distraction, just know that in Australia, they say maths instead of math for like school you know mathematics they call it maths like they say like i did year 11 maths so (laughs) that's much worse if you ask me just needed to take a pause and make sure that you all understand yes i am saying both sport and sports okay let's go over what the international olympic committee's framework and policies say around gender and sex they say until evidence determines otherwise athletes should not be deemed to have an unfair or disproportionate competitive advantage due to their sex variations, physical appearance, and or transgender status. A doctor who reported on trans clients added in this report that anecdotal evidence does not support the theory that trans athletes have an advantage. He said, my patients tell me they don't have an advantage. My patients tell me they lose strength and can't do the physical work that they used to. But I can't tell you for certain because the science just has not been done which is what we, the researchers, are trying to fix. Now, this is further supported by recent research, which further analyzes how people who transition from male to female are affected and how testosterone levels might affect their ability in sport. The research says levels of testosterone that may otherwise benefit a person who's transitioned to female, so from male to female, is reversible with something called androgen deprivation. What's androgen deprivation? It's actually usually used to treat prostate cancer. And what it does is it slows the production of testosterone in the body. Those who have transitioned and receive androgen deprivation therapy are at no advantage in the sporting world. And it goes both ways, males who transition to females and females who transition to males. Research tells us that before puberty, penis and vulva owners don't differ in height or bone mass or muscle mass. While testosterone levels do greatly predict our muscle mass and strength, there's huge individual diversity in that as well. So it's hard to say statistically that someone who's transitioned would have testosterone levels that would actually give them the advantage in sport. Okay, so then after reading all this, (laughs) and then the news in Australia, I read some of the comments on the news of FINA, the International Swimming Federation, who are creating a separate category for transgender people, which is the most recent news here in Australia. FINA is going to ban transgender people from the women's category. And here's what Australian Olympic swimmer Kate Campbell said. She said, Usually, inclusion and fairness go hand in hand. 
To create a place that's inclusive is to create a space that is fair. Transgender, gender diverse, and non-binary athletes' inclusion in the female category of elite sport is one of the few occasions where these two principles actually come into conflict. The incongruity that inclusion and fairness cannot always work together is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to talk about this topic. I really love that. I feel like that kind of sums up what I'm trying to say in the whole episode is that we're trying to be both inclusive and fair. As she's saying, it can't always work together as seamlessly or as evidence-based as we want it to. Here's an interesting perspective from a Melbourne local named Bob Munts. Don't know Bob on the physiological makeup and the issue around this. Bob says, so almost all trans women must be banned from international swimming because their long legs and big feet are claimed to give them an unfair advantage. But why stop there? There are cis women in basketball and netball with remarkably long limbs, giving them a huge advantage on the court, all because they were lucky in their genetic makeup. There are male athletes like Mason Cox and Ian Thorpe with unusually long limbs and big feet that give them a huge advantage on the football field and in the swimming pool. Perhaps we should ban all those with unusual physical attributes that give them an advantage over the rest of us. Then again, maybe we could just resolve to admire their achievements. And here's another one from a member of the public who says, The transgender issues challenging sporting bodies are a symptom. The real challenge is transitioning our minds from simplistic dichotomies to statistical normal curves. Let's hope most can achieve this before puberty. In 2019, Marilee Barnes worked as Director of Inclusive Sport Australia, which had commissioned the Australian Human Rights Commission to draft the guidelines for the inclusion of transgender and gender diverse people in sport, which have been endorsed by a wide range of national sporting organisations. Those include AFL, Cricket Australia, Football Federation Australia, NRL, Netball Australia, Rugby Australia and Tennis Australia. The underlying principles of the guidelines, as set out by Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins, is that participation in sport is a human right. The research and the way we can be more inclusive of transgender people in sports is still in its infancy. It will continue to be an issue of concern, and with not a lot of evidence, it's really hard for officials and organizations to know what the right thing or the safest thing and the fairest thing to do is. The world's changing. The diversity we have is beautiful. Hopefully sports can figure out how to embrace and celebrate athletes of all identities in a way that makes them feel most included and celebrated. That's a big episode, a big couple of episodes because I've had to break that into two. Thank you so much for listening and take care of yourselves. I will catch you in next week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm Em and you can catch more on my socials at emilywalter underscore. The research referenced in this episode is available in the show notes. Please remember to like and subscribe because it supports the podcast and it also tells me you're listening. Now I encourage you to spread the message that nothing's too taboo.